Welcome back and you're listening to the Puckish Podcast. And this episode is a segment of Skills Pay Bills, where we interview people with interesting professions and experiences. I am YJ and my co-hosts today are Nigel and Vin. Hello. And, Hello. and joining us is our special guest, Laura, the founder, Hi. CEO and overall boss of Le Petit Croissant. Did I, did I say Yay, croissant, welcome, right? Laura. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> Good <And> croissant. <laughs> croissant. Croissant. <laughs> Um, the company started in Hong Kong actually in, in 2017 and has since yeah. also opened in Singapore in 2019. So how we actually knew or connected with Laura was actually through Instagram where she where we also talked about her new venture which is, and also crowdfunding efforts to fund that venture which we will get into later. But first I think we should begin with the story of Laura and I was hoping that you would describe for us your backstory and tell us a bit more about who you are. Yeah. Sure. Thank you so much, uh, YJ. So uh, I'm French, as you can hear from my accent. <laughs> no, we couldn't tell. We couldn't tell at all. Sounds Singaporean. <laughs> and uh, that's also why I called my company Le Petit Croissant. It's French, but it's also recognizable, I think, in Asia. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so actually, uh, yeah, as you said, I moved to Hong Kong um, in 2015. And that's when I was 22. I just had graduated and um, my dream was to become an entrepreneur. But mm. I was realistic and uh, I knew I had to work in Hong Kong first to, well, first pay my bills and then um, get some experience. You know, it was uh, yes. the second time I was living in Asia. And uh, I guess, yeah, working in Asia is important before launching your own company because it gives you a lot of background and understanding of the market. Mm. So yeah, I worked in the food delivery industry. You must mm. all know the company, it's uh, Food Panda. Wow, it's also we've here. heard of that. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you've used their services already. <laughs> um, so yeah, I worked for them for two years and um, that is how I noticed that breakfast delivery was quite inexistent uh, or quite poor, like the offer was not very good and it was really hard to find good croissant. For me as a French person, I could tell what was a good croissant. It was quite right. hard to find. And yeah, that's how I got the idea to create a breakfast delivery service. And yeah, it's called Le Petit Croissant. <laughs> Why did you end up in uh, Hong Kong in the first place? Um, mm, so I had done six months of studies in, in, um, in Shanghai. Oh, and, I see. Okay. And I was in love with Asia. So mm. I just looked at different options in Asia. And actually, Hong Kong wasn't too difficult to get a visa. You oh. can get a working pass, a working holiday visa, right? Um, okay. So it's quite easy to get there. And the, the market was amazing. I mean, you could find a job in two weeks. It was quite wow. easy at the time. Yeah. Now it's completely different with yeah. the crisis, of course. But um, it was a very attractive uh, country. Um, when we talk about work so yeah I, I went there and I found a job there yeah nice and yeah. did you have a background in baking or pastries uh, not really I just had experience with my parents at home yeah <laughs> all right and a lot of practice at home but not uh, proper um, yeah studies but That's you the know best training That's you the best. can yeah, learn the most a authentic, lot right? yeah. yeah I mean I'm sure you guys you also learned from what we can find online YouTube is amazing. We can learn a lot and just by ourselves. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I think it's people kind of overlook how good of a resource YouTube is. Like, mm. in terms of 
um, making something or learning a new skill. Yeah. Like some of the things that I've I've sold before in my business was like learn from YouTube mm. and like Pinterest. <laughs> so it it's um it's a good resource. And was that how you actually um honed that skill or practiced? Yeah, that skill? yeah, exactly. That's uh, I just practiced as much as I could from home at the beginning. That was tough, and mm. then uh, I started to rent small kitchens. Uh, well, actually, one kitchen at a time, but every time yeah, it was getting bigger and bigger, and until the day I decided to also open in uh, in Singapore, which was uh, last year. Yeah, so we've been in Singapore for one year. Wow, right? Yeah. Who were your first few tasters uh, to try your your product? Um, my boyfriend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the was he honest? Boyfriend. Did he give you an honest yeah. review? Yes, yeah. and customers do as well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't good, people wouldn't reorder. So, mm, yes, right, yeah. it's good. And we try to yeah have more new novelties on the menu all the time. Like we just launched the Croque Monsieur. Oh my God, it's it's amazing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, so we moved to Singapore last year, and it was the best decision I I could take. Yeah. Oh great! What what made you want to move yeah. to Singapore? Um. It was a bit natural. So, you know, when you want to live abroad, I don't think you want to live in the, in the same place forever. You want to mm. keep discovering. So I was still in that mood um, where I wanted to live in another country in Asia. Mm. And uh, Singapore seemed pretty obvious because uh, the market is quite the same. So if you want to find a job, you're going to find similar jobs. And also for me, the market, the food delivery market was very similar. Like, mm. if you look at, I don't know, how easy it can be to deliver, how yep. open the people are to food delivery, uh, things like that. So my boyfriend started to look for a job and I uh, was doing my business plan right. at okay. the same time. And then we moved here and uh, and it was yeah pretty, I wouldn't say easy, but uh, everything was pretty smooth. So I didn't have any issue opening my company, getting my visa. I was pretty lucky. That's great. Oh, that's great. How was mm. the experience like starting a business in Hong Kong? I think for many of us, like, like for me, I have the impression that Hong Kong seems to be like a scary place to, to start something. I don't know whether it's from all the Hong Kong dramas and the gangster <laughs> movies. It, it seems a bit um, scarier than, than other places. So what, what was the experience like starting a business in Hong Kong? It wasn't. It wasn't so bad. I mean, uh, you can actually, if you have a Hong Kong ID, you can actually uh, register your company within less than thirty minutes. So, oh wow! Like the paperwork isn't too difficult, mm. um, and then it's all about the network. I would say, if mm. you know the right people, if you, yeah, if you have the customers who told you already, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with you, then I guess it's less scary. And uh, and once you know the city, it's not scary at all. I mean, uh, mm. Hong Kong is is a safe place, even though there have been a lot of protests and uh, and mm. also the the COVID nineteen is is currently hitting quite bad. But uh, it's an amazing uh, country and place, yeah, to live in actually. So you you were able to open your company on your work holiday visa in no, Hong Kong. No, I I did my own visa. Um, but I'm getting confused uh, right now because I also do it in Singapore. So Singapore is an entry pass. So right. it's for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I have. And Hong Kong, I forgot how it's called. 
Yes, but it's similar. So it's a similar kind of it's pass. Similar, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Because okay. for for it's us, I mean, I mean, going into a, into a foreign country, especially in a different culture, is quite uh, daunting. Because for the three of us, we we studied in the UK, and I think I don't know about the others, but uh, I tried finding a job, but it, it really depends on whether the environment for you is is accommodating or not. Mm-hmm. So so because in the UK. Uh, the company would have to pay for your visa mm-hmm. and uh that that's why and at that time it was during the Brexit era and you know all all the all of that contributed to such a like toxic environment for for foreigners yeah. to work there so i guess because it really depends on on the kind of environment that you're in it it was it was quite lucky for you to to find you know hong kong and and singapore um to 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 work in it was yeah. quite yeah, it was quite accommodating, right? So you didn't have didn't have too many barriers of entry before you started your business. You know, you yeah. you managed to set up your company quite fast and mm. get that out of the way because that was the main issue that we had when we were overseas. You know, we yeah. couldn't even get that visa yeah. to start with. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, yeah. it's a big uh, worry when you want to implement somewhere else. But actually, when I moved to Singapore, it was easier because I already had the background from Hong Kong, mm. and um, I mean. If when you apply for the entry pass, you you have to prove your uh, entrepreneur experience or success. Right. Uh-huh. And yeah. the okay. fact that it was already successful in Hong Kong influenced, I guess, the decision of uh, Singapore to approve my visa. Mm. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. a pro tip to anyone who wants to start a business here. Start it in <laughs> Hong Kong first. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere else first, then come and back. And then come here. Yeah. <laughs> It's a were, good tip, yeah. Were there any initial, uh, initial failures that you faced? Uh, any setbacks? Um, uh, any times where you wanted to give up in Hong Kong? Not really, because once you are in it, you can't give up. And you're already also like, you, if you love what you do, yeah. you don't want to give up, right? You really mm. believe in it. Yeah, and when true. you believe in it, you you invest your time, your effort, your money, and you talk about it. I mean, if you... Do your best. If you try your best, it, there there isn't a lot of space for failure, unless really what you're trying to sell is too niche or too difficult, or or yeah, if if it doesn't work. But I mean, if you try your best and really believe in it, and your family, your friends support you, it should uh, it should. I didn't have any failure in the beginning, or mm. or actually right now it's more difficult with the COVID. But I mean. That's out of our control, right? Yeah. So you you mentioned that you started off with Food Panda in in Hong Kong, and but was actually being an entrepreneur something you wanted to be? Oh yes. I mean, I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but uh, I mean, you also are entrepreneurs now, and uh, and I had already always dreamed uh, about it. Like once you start working, you realize. You'd rather be your own boss, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. yeah, I was really dreaming about this, but it's also very scary because you, you, you have the uncertainty. You know, you're not gonna get the same amount of money every month. You don't mm-hmm. get a proper salary on the last day of the month. It's very right. different from being a, an employee. How do yeah. you like your entrepreneur life? <laughs> um, I guess so far it's. Like like you mentioned, it's the the freedom and knowing that you have control over your own time, mm. and that you are making um, decisions that actually have an impact on what you do. 
Um, it's definitely, I think, something refreshing and, and different from working in a more corporate environment. Yeah. Like, um, I think like Nigel and Vin, they've worked in like different agencies as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they will probably also like know more about how, especially in creative work, your you want your decision to be heard a bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think YG probably has the most entrepreneurial experience out of all, out of like both of us because yeah, uh, he actually started F F and B uh restaurant and a cafe in Yen Yangon. But I was I wanted to ask um you Laura like. Did you have was this like your first idea or did you have other ideas that you toyed with or you tried or was this the first thing that you put your mind to and it succeeded? I, I th- that's a good question. I think I had over ten or twenty ideas a oh, day. Wow. <laughs> a day. <laughs> but wait, I didn't understand. Yeah, a oh, day. Man. Wow. <laughs> Someone should tap into her her brain for all the ideas. <laughs> yeah, um, that's how much I was dreaming of becoming an entrepreneur. But uh, I only undertook one project and it was Le Petit Croissant. Yeah. So oh, wow. Okay. Why yeah. why was it that like did, did something about it draw? Yes, draw at you some to point it? you're sure. You know. You know it's mm. the right one and mm. um you have the some experience, you know where to start. Um I mean you start from nothing from scratch, right? Mm. Yeah. But you still have a few steps in your mind and you're like, Okay, I have to start by this, by this and you do a lot of research, you don't count your time you just uh yeah you just uh ask you try to meet people as well and ask other entrepreneurs how does it work what should i mm-hmm. do and um yeah you know i think you know when it's the right idea mm. <laughs> just trust your own instinct then yeah instinct yeah. is very important w- were your other ideas also fmb related i can't remember uh, it was more than three years ago i have to <laughs> yeah too focused remember. on the one idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and what was it like starting out? Like, was was being an entrepreneur something you expected it to be? Because for I think I can speak for myself. Like, it wasn't really what I thought it would be in terms of how much um, work I had to put in in terms of like self discipline, mm-hmm. um, how much more hours you had to do compared to probably a normal job, mm-hmm. and like what like do you have the expectations of what an entre- entrepreneur was and did? actually going through it meet the expectation Mm -hmm. well i think well what we imagine of an entrepreneur is someone who works a lot right who's very invested who who doesn't have a lot of social life because he's too much into networking and uh, and building a real project and and so I actually had this life in the beginning. I didn't see a lot of friends. I wasn't going out that much because I was uh, going to bed so late and waking up so early. So that was really me for the first six months, especially because mm-hmm. um, I was spending a lot of time in the kitchen. And at some point, once you start growing, you can hire people. And then mm-hmm. yeah. you need to train them. You need to put your trust into them. And once this level is uh, reached, then you can take more time off and um, and start relaxing and and start being less tired because it's also very tiring to put that much effort and enthusiasm in in your project, right? Yeah. But at some point, actually, right now today, I'm I'm not what you imagine an entrepreneur is. I spend I have a lot of free time. I am more relaxed than I was. But it took me three years, right? Yeah. Mm. It took me three years to get to um, yeah, a more relaxed 
mindset and mm. uh yeah you know taking your own time off yeah. uh switching off your phone no, no i'm never switching off my phone <laughs> <laughs> that's where the business happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it's a lot of uh work in the beginning and mm. then and then it's very reward rewarding Mm. Yeah. Wait, so how big is your team right now uh, in both mm. countries? All right, so it it got smaller because of COVID. I used mm. to have um, seven people in Hong Kong. Now mm. I only have three. Mm. And in Singapore, I have five people. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. and they are cooking and delivering. Okay. Oh. Yeah. So, how, so from what we know or what we saw... Um, your company doesn't have a fixed kitchen right now. We have no. uh, we rent a kitchen uh, which is fully furnished. We rent mm. it at night, and that's why I want to open my own shop. I want to have a um, place where I can do same day delivery. I can bake mm. all day. Um, I can also meet you in person when you come to pick up the right. your orders and collect and your collect your bread. Mm. And and also it's a, it's going to be a place where we can do workshops teach how to make bread and pastries mm. and um, and what else. So yeah, it's going to be my own shop where we can do food all day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm cu- really curious because, uh, you know, traditional F&B businesses, they will always start with the physical shop mm. first. So yeah. why did you decide to, you know, do an online business first? Um, I was really believing in the food delivery sector. I think mm. we can see it's been growing like, crazy and not only for food delivery but also um any goods you can yeah. get delivered right yeah. so um, i don't know it was uh, again my instinct that told me food delivery is kind of the future um and then also there is this um uh, business model uh, which exists in singapore in hong kong where you can rent a kitchen and it's not it's not you don't have to make an investment it's already furnished mm-hmm. um it's a, called a shared kitchen right so okay. It doesn't require too much investment, and then you can test out your product, your service, and if it works out, then you can have your own shop. Which, yeah, it seems uh, quite logical to to go towards that goal. But right. it's a lot of investment. Imagine you you open a shop and it's not famous, no one yep. knows about you, yeah. uh, you don't sell in the first few months. It's, it's it could be really hard. Yeah, for sure, especially for um, F and B like. Your stock is not... You can't keep your stock. It's all perishable mm. goods. You have mm. to keep it properly in refrigerators and, and they're like little like like fragile babies. You know, your dough has to be kept in the free refrigerator. Mm. You have to make sure it doesn't collapse. Exactly. Um, so many things to think of. And how has being like an entrepreneur, like do you have a, a failure or like an apparent failure that you have that has set you up for success later on? So I probably at that time you thought I I I am lost I I failed the business but actually in the end that kind of helped you propel your business even further. Was there a situation you had that was like this? Uh, I think I had many many small situations where you feel it's the end of mm-hmm. the world and it's the end of your company, <laughs> but then you realize no I I can fix it and uh, and it's gonna be okay. And so it happened a few times when uh, my lease, for example, was ending in Hong Kong. My kitchen lease was ending and I couldn't find another kitchen, for example. Oh, oh my God, that was a nightmare because you're like, you know, you have a very short time to find yeah. a new kitchen. Uh, landlords in Hong Kong are pretty tough. So 
that was very, very stressful. And I thought, okay, my God, I'm going to have to close my company. And then again, uh, when the the protests started, all my orders, they were all canceled. And it happened again when the COVID situation happened. So that was very stressful. So actually, we we adapted in Singapore uh, and in Hong Kong as well when the COVID situation happened. In the first place, we were initially we were delivering to offices, right? Mostly offices, and then um, we switched to home delivery. So mm. right now, most of our customers are ordering at home, mm. and um, and we had to make that switch to survive. So right. what what was going through your mind then? Like, how did you pull through these situations? Did you was there like an outlet for you to de-stress, or how how did you get through that mentally? Um, it's not easy. Huh? Um, it's really not easy. You, ha- you have to be surrounded by friends and family yeah. and um, tell yourself it's going to be okay. I mean, I do a lot of sports, which uh, helps me to feel better and get my mind out and mm-hmm. stop overthinking. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys overthink too much, but I do. <laughs> Um, and probably I, don't think enough I think <laughs> <laughs> we have the opposite problem because yeah. <laughs> we're guys <laughs> <laughs> that's good too I mean uh, it's less stressful but um, yeah I guess everyone has his own uh, his own way to so, s- so sports was your thing exercise yeah, definitely yeah. yeah but all the races got cancelled because you know in everything Every event is yeah, cancelled. Yeah. I used to sign up to a lot of uh, trail runnings and s- stuff like that. Wow. And everything was cancelled. So, you know, it's even right. harder to find motivation. You've got to do the virtual runs now. <laughs> <laughs> sign up in, uh, on Strava or something like that. <laughs> yeah. The one for the national day. I didn't do it. Oh, it was one of <laughs> 55 <did> kilometers. <laughs> we, we, we were doing this running thing on, in June. Yep. Yeah, like our own like running challenge that we wanted to do. Mm. Uh, so, so each yeah. of us had a, a certain amount of distance we wanted to complete in the month of June. Yeah, and of How course YJ had the most crazy one. He had like three hundred km. <laughs> really? Yeah. Of <laughs> running in, in one yeah. month. In yeah, a month. One month. In a month. That's yeah. incredible! Wow. And, and that's job. why I've, I've I've stopped running since then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did I you get time. injured or? No, no. I, it was more. It was of a more like, mental bruise. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, wow. it was a bit too much but but I'm trying to get back into it again but definitely like like going through like because it was such a short burst of of time to do that distance it just it was just something I wanted to try and it's very um, impressive and I could say that I think everyone else also finished their challenge here so yep. everyone that the idea was to just do something you never thought you could do before mm. and I could say that it's similar to what entrepreneurship is, yes, is as exactly. well yes yeah, exactly that's what I think too a lot of people when they meet me they're like oh that's very um, it's very impressive what you did in Asia it's not your home country I don't think I could do it but you can like anyone can do yeah it's just our brain that stops us from uh, doing a lot of stuff yeah I definitely agree that that once you tell yourself that you can't do it it makes mm. it a lot harder as well so that mindset has to probably change in terms of mm-hmm. I can do it the more positive mindset yeah and I guess this question is like if you could turn back time and and you you would talk to yourself when you were 18 years old or or when you were younger like what kind of advice would you tell yourself the the young baker 
the young baker. I mean, you're still one. quite a young baker, right? You're still yeah, young. I mean, the younger, the younger, younger baker, baker. <laughs> in the parents' kitchen. Um, so the 18 years old me was uh, I don't know what was I doing when I was 18. I was getting into um, into a university, mm. and I guess it's quite a stressful time as well when uh, you know you you take exams and and then you move to another city. And I, I think I tell myself there is no need to stress in life. Like stress is quite, it's, it's not a good thing. I mean, it's good if uh, if if you train for something or I mean, if you want to achieve something. Yeah. Um, but don't stress too much. Yeah, <laughs> that's my problem. <laughs> uh, How just... about you guys? What would you tell yourself? We argue it out. <laughs> we talk it out. <laughs> trash it out. And then uh, somehow come to a compromise. <laughs> Especially I feel like it, it would be something along the lines of don't take things too seriously, you know. <coughs> have, have it, mm. uh, look at the broader picture and don't don't worry too much about the smaller details sometimes. Exactly. And waste time on that and not really yeah. think about bigger things. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to someone is always so important actually, yeah. Mm. And I think like 10 years ago as as teenagers we would probably want to keep to ourselves and everything but but I think like talking about your problems and communicating probably be something that's important then and I would probably also tell myself to just stick to something more like usually in the past I would like give up quite easily on certain stuff yeah. uh, that's why now like like for example I give myself a, a harder to reach target so I could prove to myself that mm-hmm. um, I can do something just like yeah. the running challenge. Yeah, like running challenge or even like the, the podcast. Like we wanted it, we want, we are aiming to do a hundred episodes in six months. Wow. So like usually like people will do once a week and it will take two years to reach a hundred episodes. But we want to aim for higher and show that it can be done and that we can do it. Do you get your inspiration from other Singaporean podcasts or maybe other podcasts? anywhere in the world? Uh, not initially. In Singapore, I don't think we were looking at any ones in particular mm-hmm. initially, yeah. right? Um, I think the ones in Singapore are not really our style. Mm-hmm. That's why we wanted to create something more suited for what we like and what we think people like us will, will like mm-hmm. as well. And I think is if we look more towards some international um, podcasters Mm. Like I would I would usually talk to like Vin and Nigel about like Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or we'll share interesting podcasts and, and like YouTube clips about what people are talking about that we think people are not talking about in Singapore. Mm-hmm. That's why we wanted to start this to actually talk more about these different topics and ideas. Well, yeah. it's good that I found you guys because um, I think as a foreigner, it's not always easy to find new information, new uh, means of information in a foreign country, and mm. s- it hasn't been too easy for me to find, uh, yeah, information that was interesting in Singapore, mm. Mm. Uh, wherever your your podcasters are. But uh, it's good to follow more more stuff in Singapore. <laughs> yeah. So how how did you? What was your mindset when it came to marketing your company here? How how did you find? How do you find our podcast? And and what other things are you looking at doing okay. in order to market yourself? Um, well, for 
of course, Instagram is quite big. Um, I mean, we met on Instagram, so and I actually meet quite a lot of people on Instagram. We start talking, or you know, you can just uh, share an impression or a smile whenever there is a story, and then that's how I start talking to people. And I and then uh, we talk about collaboration or uh, just meeting and having you know mm-hmm. coffee. So that's a good way to meet people. But I mean, in terms of marketing, um, I do a lot of. I count a lot of on my network. So I had a big network in Hong Kong and they all recommended me to their um, friends or colleagues in Singapore. So that was a good way to start. And then um, I guess I went to a lot of networking. I think, yeah, you just have to talk about your brand as much as possible. But you also have to be relevant on social media. You don't want to, to give too much too much information which wouldn't interest people so right now my project with the kickstarter campaign i think it's quite interesting people can be uh, curious to know what's going on what's the project um what who's behind the project so i try to market a, a little bit more my my kickstarter campaign okay do you want to tell us a bit more about your the kickstarter yeah sure so um, i decided not long ago that i would open my first shop in singapore and we talked about it just before so um, this shop will be on changi road it Mm. will be just above uh, jushat oh okay cool yeah that's a nice nice location um and um i realized that to open a shop you need a lot of equipment you need a, quite a lot of investment i'm lucky because the shop doesn't need too much renovation but it's still a lot of money involved in uh, opening this shop and i thought i would um, do a crowdfunding for that um, so the crowdfunding is based on the donations but not only donations because you can actually pre-book your brunch and you'll mm. get it delivered as soon as we open Mm, so cool. yeah it's a, it's actually a great way to communicate about your brand mm. um, so if someone is an entrepreneur and thinking about a project which can can be costly i would definitely recommend a kickstarter campaign or any any crowdfunding campaign because it's a good way to talk about yourself mm. yeah and and yeah exactly i think if you wouldn't talk about your crowdfunding campaign we wouldn't know exactly uh, we wouldn't be here yeah. as well and and I think it's interesting for me, like crowdfunding. I don't think it's as common in Singapore as in other places. Mm-hmm. I think it's Crowd- big in the US and mm-hmm. also also in Europe, in France. But mm-hmm. the US is definitely huge. Yeah, and and I think it's such a good idea to because you do get something in return in terms of when people fund your your fundraising project and yep. and but I don't see many um, businesses here try and do that. Mm-hmm. crowdfunding which um yeah and i think from what you said it has been a positive experience so far mm-hmm. yes yeah definitely mm-hmm. we have actually reached our target um saturday and it took oh, wow. four days to to reach it so oh, wow. now it's about uh, <laughs> thank you four days yeah four days i couldn't believe it but you have to be very strategic um mm. you can read a lot of articles online about tips on how to succeed your campaign having a video um, mm. um showing who's behind um being transparent there are mm. a lot of tips and then um yeah i just shared with my family my friends and then 
with my network in Singapore and, uh, and, and it was done. But now it's about um, trying to reach a higher target to finance more things in my kitchen because mm. uh, we have only financed a little bit of the investment. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And um, yeah, what, what more of those tips did you, because I think you didn't struggle at all to have that within four days, yeah. um, you got it and um, like, were you doing this yourself or did you have... Uh, by anyone myself. else helping you all by yourself Whoa. yeah but so, so really my impressive. business has been running for three years over three years now yep. and um the video i made actually there are i think videos from four years ago so what i mean is that i've always done a lot of photo shoots for my my food my products and every time i was also filming and i didn't know what project it would lead to but i always mm. had a little bit of films from five years ago and I actually used them in my video and my video mm. is like it's only like two minutes and a half but mm. it has pictures from five years ago videos from like, five years ago like so, you could tell your journey throughout yes from all the videos you've taken um, since mm-hmm. you started until now yeah and was so that, it's important to just document whenever you can yeah. just film something because mm-hmm. you never know yeah. when you might need it yeah I <laughs> think works. the journey yeah. is important people want to hear a story mm. Mm. yeah mm. I think it's important to remember that for us as well because I don't think we document enough things. <laughs> we don't take <laughs> enough pictures and, and stuff like that. Because yeah. uh, we spend a lot of time just discussing topics and, and stuff but we don't document it. Yeah, we w- I think your audience, they want to know more about you. We, we hear a lot of, of uh, podcasts podcast now but I think it's interesting to know who's behind it because mm. podcast is only the voice, right? But actually, yeah. if yeah. you can imagine if the face of the people who are talking, it's a lot better. Yeah, that reminds me, like, I think we we recently found a video of Nigel um, <laughs> starting a... How long ago was that? Uh, when we uh, were, It was 10 years ago. In, I think more than 10 in years. China. Uh, uh, 11. In, twi- 11 twi- 2009, yeah, yeah. So in 2009, um, Nigel was the original uh, vlogger that he did a segment in, in, in China about food tasting and, and interviewing nice. people. Yeah. It so all like, started from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe, that's maybe where we should post that. Maybe we should post that online so people Origin know story, the, the yes. beginnings <laughs> from eleven anyway, years ago until now. Anyway, because mm. I'm I'm from a PR background, I'm quite interested to know about you know your branding and stuff. How much did you actually have to um, learn about the cultures of of Hong Kong and Singapore, and how much of that actually went into you know maybe your products or your branding and stuff like that. <gasps> That's very difficult. Um, that, that's really difficult because I'm not an expert mm-hmm. in uh, in marketing. I mean, I did business studies, so yeah. that's the basic, right? But it has evolved a lot over the past few years with social media, mm. um, especially. I'm, I'm trying to be as much present as possible on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Right. Okay. But um, other than that. Um, um, there isn't much more like um, my brand isn't revolutionary in terms of marketing um, mm, but I'm it's, just it's very it's very unique to, to, to you and I, I guess people would would be drawn towards that as well because mm-hmm. um, I, I, the, the reason why I'm asking is because sometimes uh, when F&B businesses come over they, they sometimes tend to uh, um, maybe gear it towards uh, more local tastes mm-hmm. so so maybe their products are a little bit more have a little bit of a local flavor or something but i guess yours is more you know french. unique to, to french yeah. yeah so 
So yeah. But people love French food, I think. Mm. In Singapore, people they they are very open to to trying new things, to try, yeah. and they actually love the good croissant, right? Mm. So. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't have yeah. to change it too much. I did a croissant with some kaya at some point, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, on the short limited edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like I think that's true. Like there are a lot of um, bakeries that are opening in Singapore, and they do a lot of French style based pastries and yep. and bakeries. Um, like our other co-host, he loves pastries and cake and bread. Like he spends a lot of money on them yeah. okay. to have to, and he tries out the different. Um, bakeries and he like lines up i think for 30 minutes to an hour sometimes so, so i won't see him today but i will see him at my shop right yes yes, yes. <laughs> we'll send him as a correspondent yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were him there with a microphone today is the opening of yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. i'll invite you guys to the opening hopefully we can uh, throw a party and have um, more than 10 20 people i'm hoping we can but uh, yeah i'll definitely invite you to our opening party hold, hold the wedding day you can have 50 Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh really wedding yeah. wedding is I the... should get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, for your opening. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, so I guess what helped you with your product was actually sticking to what you knew best in terms mm-hmm. of um Yeah. Yeah, just, your, just as close as you had you would have them in France, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah, makes a good croissant actually I'm, I'm i'm really curious to know um the butter the quality of the flour the quality of the butter everything oh. honestly i just work with french products oh, okay. um, right yeah the butter has to be yeah it has to be oh it's just about the quality <laughs> of the ingredients you're gonna take right, and right. then uh it's a lot of time and effort in in uh, finding because you know you have to take into account into account the humidity um, and a lot of things that are quite like it's really hot in Singapore so you have to yep. the temperature is very important as well so oh. I guess it has to be flaky, um, flaky, flaky and, uh, yeah. and uh, buttery at the same time okay um, mm. yeah but I'm, I'm more into making bread I like making bread mm. a lot more oh, okay. yeah we have a delicious sourdough and a lot of other products getting that hungry. are delicious <laughs> getting hungry <laughs> Okay, and so like you've you've been to, um, you lived in France, you've worked in Hong Kong, you've worked in Singapore now. Were there any like, bad recommendations you've you've heard in terms of your profession or area of business? Like did someone, like like do you hear anything that you think people actually meant well giving you this advice, but it was something that didn't work for you? Mm, yeah. That- happens a lot um actually people will give you advice and and you don't think it's good ah you, you can't believe everyone like mm. of course it's good to be open-minded and to be open to new ideas but sometimes just follow your instinct i don't have an exact um an exact example that comes to my mind but uh mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I remember people giving me a lot of advices and I was like, well, that's crazy. I won't invest in something I don't think will have return on investment, something right, like that. So, right. But yeah, I do have some advices for people who want to become <laughs> uh, entrepreneurs. And I actually think that people should be very careful on their investment mm-hmm. because 
um, this to what you think of an entrepreneur is that yeah you're going to invest a lot of money and maybe it's going to fail but you can actually or or it's going to work but you can actually create a company with a lower budget than you think right so mm, right. just be smart about your investment um, you don't have to outsource everything yes it's good to outsource when you don't know at all like all my financing and my um, um, all the paperwork I outsource because I don't want to make a me I can't afford to make a mistake on that mm -hmm. but the rest the marketing the sales the everything else you can do by, not everyone can do everything by themselves but mm. I think there are a lot of things we can do by ourselves <laughs> I don't know if I'm being very clear no I understand yeah yeah it makes yeah. sense I mean talking about investments personally to you is there is there anything in particular that was such a worthwhile investment that was that, that you had over your journey in Hong Kong and Singapore uh, I guess it's time just the time you put into it and then at mm. some point it works out <laughs> and you have some freedom right some freedom and free time for yourself but just the investment is going to be the time of course the money but mostly the time because mm, yeah, the most valuable yeah. resource <laughs> yes. yeah it's, it's both the most valuable and most overlooked resource yes. that, that people have mm. People, a lot of people tend to waste time. They tend to forget that that this this moment you'll never get back. Mm. And um, yeah, time is definitely a, a resource. And you have like like you also mentioned that running this business has given you a, a sense of freedom as well. Yeah. And do you have any way of a particular way of using that freedom in terms of how to let's say benefit yourself or to improve what you already know? Or, or is it purely like relaxation for you? Uh, a little bit of both, yeah. Mm. I think uh, it's also hard to, when you're an entrepreneur, it's hard to differentiate what's your personal time from your professional, mm. the, the time you work, right? Yeah. Because you're kind of always doing the two at the same time. So, I mean, I could be um, taking a day off, well, doesn't really happen but uh, <laughs> I could be taking a day off and uh, enjoying the pool but I know I'm going to have to work for two hours at the end of the day so right. and and you don't see the two hours go by it's it's just obvious it's uh, it's, it's not a difficult to be working like yeah, you enjoy working I guess mm. not everyone but it's my it's my perspective because I think especially for for a lot of people they or even for entrepreneurship, people look at it as like you go, 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 go. You don't really stop. But in actual fact, like the rest time is also almost as important or even mm. sometimes more important as mm -hmm. as the work time. Because yeah. I feel a lot of the ideas you get, the, the problem solving that you have goes happens when you let it rest, let the problem sit and rest in your in the back of your head for a while. Mm -hmm. And then you have this like eureka moment when you're walking or yeah. you're doing the dishes and you kind of like manage to solve the problem in your yeah. head. Sometimes even observing things also will the 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 answer will come to you. you know? yeah. yeah. But it's, honestly, it's really hard to find the, the right balance. Took mm -hmm. me a while. And uh, for example, yesterday was a public holiday, and I didn't work until four p.m. I was feeling very guilty. Like, <laughs> wow. like it was difficult wow. for me to sleep at night because I was thinking about all the work I didn't do today that I'm going to have to do well now um, but yeah it's a, it's a lot of uh, 
work on yourself. Do you think age plays a part in terms of the success of a business? Like a lot of people, I'm sure you've maybe had it before. Like people think that you are too young to to operate a business or be like a CEO or founder, mm-hmm. and because I've also experienced that myself. Like mm-hmm. you're only like uh, you're not even thirty yet. How can you like run something? Mm-hmm. So have you actually experienced that? Um, maybe with my parents in the beginning, they were not that keen for me to launch a company. But mm-hmm. um, actually, you can easily. You can, if you don't listen to that part and you just do it, <laughs> you can prove them wrong, right? Um, yeah. I think yeah. we we don't live in a in a century where you have to follow the rules. Yeah. You can really be yourself, and you sh- no one should be shy about um, about trying something else and going against the odds and and going against uh, what people think. I think yeah. we we live in a good era for that. Yeah. And I think with that era also that you are like someone is able to start a business, learn a new skill online, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's become a lot easier for people to start. And for me, what I would be fearful of is probably that self-doubt. Yeah. Like I'm not sure sometimes whether what I'm mm-hmm. doing is right or if it can work or what mm-hmm. if I feel like all that self-doubt happens. And I was just maybe I would just like to ask like how does that affect you or has it affected you at all? Yeah, I, I'm like you. I, I do have a lot of self doubt, but you just I just don't show it, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, yeah. If you don't show it, then people don't know it, and you can just stress <laughs> stress on your on your so side when you're it, alone. You <laughs> <laughs> I think it works. It worked for me. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, we- you sorry you mentioned your parents, right? Your parents at first not being supportive. Yeah. And 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 now are they are they oh, proud? Yeah. Really yeah, happy. very proud. Yeah, very <laughs> happy. Yeah. Have, have mean, they come to visit your your restaurants? Well, I mean, your... yeah, they they came in to Singapore twice already. Yeah. Um. So. So they tried your they try all your yes, bake, yes, yes. baking and stuff. Oh, yeah, we nice. had a massive brunch with them. Yeah. Actually, I promised all my friends who participated in the campaign that we'll yeah. have a massive brunch with all of them once uh, once the the kitchen is launched. So I'm oh, looking yeah. forward to this. <laughs> Yeah, that'll definitely yeah. be fun. And I think yeah. I think maybe with parents the main thing is they'll be doubtful until they see money. <laughs> like the, yes, the return on investments, they are the <laughs> they are the toughest shareholders, you know. <laughs> you see like um yeah, you, you only come back to me when you made some money with it. Um Yes. But yeah, it's good yeah. to know that, that that you've coped well with um self doubt because I think even up to now, like even like for me doing this podcast, like I'm not sure if we are doing the right um, thing. Whether it's a different style will work better, or like you're asking the the right questions, even up yeah. to the smaller details. Mm-hmm. And and it's definitely, I think, something that a lot of people um, tackle, like try to tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- I guess your method also works. That like your method is kind of like a just just do it and and. And and fake it till you make it kind of yeah. kind of way and yeah and also if you do a lot of research, then you get more confident I guess if mm. I mean for you guys if I were you I would look around at every podcast which mm. is popular or less popular and everything that exists already and you can get a lot of inspiration from yeah. that yeah 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 for sure like we are we are actually try we are trying to learn a lot more from. Um, other people 
because there are there are really so many successful ones and yeah and I think the roadmap is really there on how to be successful, like the questions mm. you ask, the, the guests you have on. And, but yeah, I think usually the mo- the thing stopping people is that, that self-doubt and that imposter syndrome that yep. that can happen. But I think what you're doing is great and uh, I'm definitely going to share more about it on, on our social media. And, thank you, uh, thank you. And we can also connect on LinkedIn and, uh, and I'll, what I'll do, I'll, I'll send you a brunch I can send you some pastries if you guys are all together. I'll send you some uh, a, oh a package. God. All right, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Let me know when you gather, and uh, and I'll send you something. We'll, we'll gather just for that. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, uh, an occasion. <laughs> just give me an address. <laughs> so right, I wanted you to know: Are there any like sort of plans to, you know, uh, go back to France and and start a business there as well? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> no hesitation. No, I'm I'm good in Asia. Yeah, wow. right. really good. So this is going to be a long term thing. You you see yourself, uh, staying here for what the next ten twenty years? Maybe not ten years, but at least five or six years. Yes. Mm, mm. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so you mentioned also it's about your business, how you run your business, and you are the both the founder and the CEO. EO of it and maybe could you also explain to us what's uh what is it like day to day um in your role as a CEO like is it yeah. mostly like managing people or do you actually still go and bake um so it's a lot of multitasking right now at, it, and it, it, it changes it evolves with time so at the beginning I was spending all my time in the kitchen I was also doing all the deliveries myself so that was really tiring. I think I lost at least five or six kilos oh, no. because I was <laughs> wow. I was so um, yeah active all the time. How how so, were you delivering? Were you driving? Because um, my kitchen was in central, yeah. so in Hong Kong, so that was yeah. really near to all the offices. So I was just walking. Wow! Oh wow! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, after not long after, I hired a delivery man, yeah. and multiple delivery men. And then someone to cook, take over in the kitchen. And actually, right now, I don't have to worry too much. I can really rely on my teams. And they're doing, they're extremely, yeah, I can count on them. So I don't have, I can sleep in the morning. That's new. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I do a little bit of everything. For example, right now, I'm going to work on finance because I haven't done my expenses for two months. And uh, earlier this morning, I was doing marketing, I, I was doing a newsletter. Um, <laughs> And then later on, I have a coffee with someone that I we can talk about collaboration. So it's everything. <laughs> Multifaceted business. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> you have to invent your the job of your dream. I think. Mm. Well, of mm. course, doing finance expenses is not a dream, but it's part <laughs> of it. But um, you really have to invent, do something that you love. Yeah, right. that yeah. helps. Yeah, I think that's a good line. Like you have to create that job of your dreams by yourself, mm. and whatever else you can definitely outsource. But having that that ideal role in mind, and mm. always reaching that, and knowing what you're good at, is definitely a very important thing for for an mm. entrepreneur to know. And I guess like what also do you think are your biggest wins as a as a business mm. owner? Um, actually, there there is something that happened this weekend. It wasn't the first time, but it was uh, it was quite nice. Uh, basically, I I was at a dinner and um, I met someone 
some new new people and one of them she saw me and she knew who i was wow. she knew who i was and that was it, it wasn't the first time it happened but it's quite rare and you know when when someone knows who you are knows your business name you yep. have tried your service it's quite rewarding so mm. you feel that yeah you haven't worked for nothing and <laughs> your business is uh, finally getting a little bit famous so that's that's nice Sweet. How about you guys? Is it? Uh, I've, I don't know. I haven't checked uh, many of your podcasts yet. But uh, <laughs> what has been your biggest success so far with your podcast? Even getting this started, I think, is a big success. <laughs> <laughs> Starting, <laughs> I think it was the first was like oh, fifty downloads and then hundred downloads. Yep. Yeah, right. and then hundred fifty. Then we just yeah, wow. all the all the small victories. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just yeah. watching like, it climb slowly is 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 a success on its own. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, it's like amazing. we went from, I think we went from one episode having 20, 20-ish listeners until like 150-ish listeners. Mm-hmm. And we look at like like even the the amount of time people spend on listening. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's the biggest um, metric for me, like the mm-hmm. engagement that, that people are putting into what we do. So it's like kind of like a quality versus quantity. Like you can have a, a thousand listens, but people only listen... 10 minutes of it but mm-hmm. we have yeah. 100 listens and people listening to the whole episode yeah. and our episodes are not short they are at least an hour yeah. so like almost an hour of someone's time listening to us is definitely one of the biggest like wins yeah. for us yeah. um, and that's why that also definitely encourages us to do more and bring more um, value and interesting stories and topics to to our listeners good job guys mm. yeah it's, it's, it's amazing yeah Thank you, thank you. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think, um, is there anything else besides what you're doing now like that you're working on? Yeah. Um, not professionally. I'm just working on the sports challenges because, you know, as I said, all the races are cancelled. Yeah. So we have created our small uh, homemade triathlon with uh, two of my oh, friends. Wow. Um, <laughs> and we do a triathlon uh, we did it a few weeks ago and we we're going to plan another one soon but uh, it's just uh, to keep in good health and good shape oh, um, nice. where did you do it where did you do your triathlon is uh, that east coast uh, so yeah. we didn't go to the to the sea because of the right now at Sent- we wanted to go to Sentosa but there are lots of um, jellyfish jellyfish, jellyfish. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we just swam in the pool and then we cycled around McRitchie which was around 30, 30 kilometers and then 10 kilometers run at McRitchie. Oh my God. Wow. Oh, we should do that. That no. should inspire me. We should try <laughs> no. So we had this idea to walk um, across the island. Um, how There's long, the trail, how far right? is it? It's 36km, I think. Yeah. From east km. to west? Yeah, yeah, east to west. I think it's more. It's there's a, but there's a. I think it's 42, but there's a specific trail that is 36km, yeah. coast to coast trail. And then, nice. yeah. But and we wanted that would be a to casual walk. No. <laughs> we, should, we should run it, right? Yeah, yeah, we should run it. Like At least it would be faster. <laughs> yeah, like, like for me, for me, I like I like torturing myself and I try to drag these people along. <laughs> so if you have That's any good. Um, good ideas for, for challenges, like like, your, like the marathon you did, let, let us know. We yeah. can, we can try it ourselves. I'll tag you on our next uh, yep. challenges on Instagram. And, oh my and, god! No. And everyone can watch <laughs> Nigel suffer. <laughs> no. <laughs> maybe maybe you can most. have a challenge on your Instagram. You know, if someone can run 
10 km and cycle 10 km, they get like 10 of your top pastries. top bit top pastries yeah. or something. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we run run and then we get pastries? No, you have to run, run to pastries. run to her shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be along the route. <laughs> you have to run to a shop to collect and deck. You're my new qualify. marketing. Uh, marketing <laughs> <team>. <laughs> and Nigel can be the one complaining. Yeah, sure. I'll He's vlog the, myself. While yeah, you vlog. Yeah, you can vlog yourself suffering all the way until you get a croissant, and then you you revive and you the sustenance. Yeah, spring back. Yeah, your sustenance. I'll keep this in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Another question I, I have, like, if, let's say now you, let, we can say that the business you have, like, is successful, mm. and you've reached, like, goals that you, you've always wanted, and if I could actually, like, remove all barriers and, and constraints from something you want to do, mm-hmm. and what would that be? Um, like a dream pro- project that, that you had no limitations, you had, everyone... The whole world gives you one dollar each, so you have like seven billion dollars. What, <laughs> what would you do? Um, I think it would still be related to Le Petit Croissant, mm. and my dream would be to open everywhere in the world. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's feasible, like in Asia because it's already there. But um, yeah, if it could be in a lot more countries, I'd be very proud. Mm. Is there anywhere you are looking at next? Um, not right now. I'm really focusing on um, my kitchen in Singapore. Then yeah. I'm thinking of Kuala Lumpur um, and maybe some other places later on. But I haven't done any um, fundraising like right. with the proper mm. investors. So um, I think this I would need to go through that step to to be able to to launch worldwide. But uh, mm. it's not in my in my projects right now. Mm. Yeah. You could you could start a croissant marathon triathlon <laughs> <laughs> event. I actually I, I tried to promote the these two uh, ideas on my on my Instagram. Yeah. Mm. Good food, you know, good pastries, good bread. So yeah. enjoying life because food is a is really important to me, mm-hmm. and at the same time staying healthy and and sporty yeah. and yeah. and exercising. Yeah. yeah. What's because a comfort meal for you right now? Like, uh, you know, if you miss home, uh, baguette with cheese, uh, cheese and bread. Yeah, a cheese platter or a charcuterie <laughs> platter, um, and a glass of wine. That's wow. the best. <laughs> is it is it tough finding good French food here in Singapore? It's expensive. It's quite ah, expensive. Yeah. I try to have to have uh, small prices as well because it's heartbreaking when you buy a croissant and it's it's twice or three times the price you'd pay in France. Mm. So um, I try to not to be overpriced. Um, but yeah, it's quite hard to find um, um, good prices at uh, an okay price. Right. Mm. What have you, the... you travelled to France before? No, not I, I've been to the south of France. Did you eat yeah. good food? Yes, yes. I love yeah. I love the food there. <laughs> I, I ate too much of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been to I think only to Paris and um we had the very touristy meals but it was still good. Um, okay. It was mostly like twenty euro um the mussels and, and fries and fries steak and, and fries and all that stuff and um, 
macarons from from McDonald's. <laughs> the touristy <laughs> stuff. The two macarons, I think. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the thing I found most interesting about when I was in Paris was when we actually um stumbled into Chinatown, mm. and and we had like we found like restaurants that had meals for seven euros, but they were almost like twice the portion of what you would get for twenty euros. Mm. And we we're like, oh, so happy that that were like safe. <laughs> so you went saved. to Paris to eat Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I stumbled upon it. It wasn't. I well, wasn't you were drunk and it. you stumbled upon it. <laughs> no, it was a very sober stumbling oh, okay, moment. Okay. <laughs> it's a sober stumble. And what actually? What would the price be in in France for like a a typical meal? A typical meal. Ah. I don't know if uh, it's been actually a while that I haven't lived in France, but if you go to the rest in Paris, it would be a bit more expensive. Mm. Just like mm. if you are on the seaside uh, mm. on a touristy restaurant, but on average, I, I think you can pay fifteen euros, and you'd have um, the starters, main course, and dessert. Right. Wow. Yeah. And for the same price, can you get something like that here? Or definitely not. Uh, well, I mean, if you go to the food court, you, it's a lot cheaper. But <laughs> you <laughs> I mean, mean French uh, French cuisine? French food, no, 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 no. it's really difficult. Yeah, is there any local pa- pastries that you like? Uh, yeah, the green cake, pandan cake. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah pandan nice. cake. It's soft. Oh, I love it. I love the flavor. Um, other than that, uh, pineapple bun. Right? Oh, okay. Is Pine- it the pineapple. Hong, Hong Kong style? I'm not even sure if it's from Singapore or not. But the the Polo, Polo yeah. Pao. Yeah, okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of... Diff- like, I think Singaporeans love bread a lot. Mm. And, and I think it was only recently that we got exposed to more artisanal breads like sourdoughs and, yeah. and all mm. that. Previously, it was what you see below like on the local places like the, the $1 breads like from bread or like after that, it would be bread talk. And after bread talk, would be um, Subway, I guess. And then the <laughs> different bakeries. And it was only a recent thing in Singapore that we actually uh, hear about sourdough yeah. and the different Get exposed to all the different kinds of like... Yeah, um, I'm impressed by the number of bakeries actually around town. Mm. It's not always very accessible because Singapore is quite large, but there are many of them doing good bread. Mm. Uh, yeah, like I remember the first exposure to French style bread is like Delhi France. Mm. That was yeah. our yeah, that was questionable like, questionable exposure. Questionable exposure, but you know that that was actually the, I think the first few French style bakeries. It definitely popularized it in this region because as a yeah. kid that was probably like the most accessible to mm. that you get to like uh, having a croissant weekly. Yep. But but very glad to to see your business uh, prospering here and you know we look thank forward you. to testing and testing. tasting <laughs> <laughs> thank tasting you for making it affordable <laughs> you sound so strict <laughs> are there well, I'll, s- I'll definitely send you a box soon thank you and are there any actually bakeries that you've you've seen around that have done good um, pastries or, or breads or cakes um, I think one of my favourite is uh, called Brera B-R-E-R-A Bakery oh. Brera B-R-E B-R-E Where, Where's that located? It's on Farrer Road mm. And okay. uh, it's uh, Below an HDB And okay. They're making Extra excellent pastries uh, 
everything is 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 quite nice. The bread isn't fresh for very long, but it's still um, uh, you can see the process. It's uh, you have the window and you can see the bakers. Ah. That's that's really nice. <laughs> and they give the bread to the window. <laughs> oh yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people are queuing during the weekend. It's amazing. Mm. Like uh, sometimes once I I was really hungry and. Uh, and I had nothing in my fridge, and I was there, and, and uh, I right. think I queued 15 minutes. <laughs> That's the longest queue I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I guess what, maybe one of the last few questions is, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to start their own business? Mm. And if, mm. um, yeah, like if someone was looking to open a bakery, maybe, because a lot of the times, why people stop is they feel that um, there's really so many people doing it and they are hesitant to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have seemed to kind of overcome that and, and not let that stop you. Mm-hmm. So what, what advice would you give? Okay, so I have a few advice, but I'll be concise. The first one is, um, especially in Asia, it's great when you have experience in this domain before. Like for myself, it was uh, Food Panda. I knew how the market mm. was, so you know what people are expecting, you know, what's the demand, what's the offer. So you've right. spent maybe one year or two years in a company and you understand the market, right? Then you can get an idea and it can be a niche idea. I think it, especially in, in Asia, because if you have a niche idea, you will always have customers. There are mm. customers for uh, very specific products that... You wouldn't think of, but uh, yeah, there there is a demand for a lot of niche uh, things. And then um, my last advice would be um, to develop a community, especially on Instagram, right. or actually, uh, be close to your customers, um, and just don't be shy. Don't be shy and go for it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this would be my advice. Right, and I think that that community part is quite interesting because. I think it's, and I've been thinking about it recently, like community and how it's often overlooked as a marketing method or tool in terms in, especially on social media, because on, I think if we look at social media or digital marketing, people talk about all these ads, all the, um, how much you have to pay to boost a certain post and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess for you on community is a big part of the online marketing yeah. strategy. Um, was it something that you you realized at the start, or did you have to go through trial and Unfortunately, to not. I didn't. I wasn't <laughs> smart enough at the beginning to realize this, and it's also a difficult exercise to be good on social media, like mm-hmm. to talk to your phone, to to uh, document whatever is happening. You have to think of it. You have to yeah. not to be shy about it yeah. again. Yeah. Um, it's it's not easy, and not everyone is going to be good at it so i'm not saying i'm good at it but i try i try my best <laughs> and i try to tell my story and i think it's uh, what people want to hear right yeah. like that's you guys important. if you do a small introduction on on like uh, an igtv for example mm. i think people would love to hear your background and why you're doing this your values and what what you intend to talk about things like this i mean mm. It's interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good idea because recently I've been also thinking about it and sometimes it's 
important to make it easy for your listener or your customers to understand who you are mm. and what to expect because I think as uh, someone on online, you really have so much information coming at you that people telling you what to do, people trying to tell you who they are and everything, yeah. but and, or like products telling you what features they have, what's the latest product, but very rarely, like for me personally, I if I look at a website and I don't know who is behind the website, I get quite like turned off. I don't want to know more because yeah. it doesn't seem human. Yeah. Like yeah. there are certain like, I think recently just before this call, I was looking at this platform called like um, about freelancers or something and usually I would start with the about page with the about page if I don't see like a picture of a human face or like a human story I, mm. I don't feel like I can trust mm. um, that brand or not. Let's, let's not say trust but um, I don't feel related or mm. I don't feel like it's a relatable product yeah. I think that's very important and I think that's what you did very well with your page you, yeah. you shared your story your journey and and he's become very relatable yeah. to people and people can definitely understand where you're coming mm. from and what you do. And that's good advice for us also and something we should yeah. try to look at. I think it's, yeah, it's quite important because I, I before talking to you, I, I felt like I already knew you from your backstory. Cause yeah. I, knew, <laughs> I knew how you sort of started and why you did this and why you decided to come to, to Hong Kong and all that. And But speaking to you really added more context to all that, mm. to all that story that you gave. Yeah, I think hmm. that's good to hear. Yeah, that's the objective, I guess. So. <laughs> Thanks. I guess, I guess we have to be less shy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Important takeaway is be less shy. Be less shy. Just do it. Just go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trust yourself. It's been a great conversation. Like, we definitely learned more about you and the business. And yeah, it was good to hear about yourself too. Thank you, thank you. And and I think it's very encouraging to know that as someone who followed her instinct, her passion and led to a, such a successful um, project, a successful business and having that Kickstarter crowdfunding project done mm. in about four days. Mm-hmm. Like over the, over the National Day weekend where people, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, Monday, when people were like <laughs> watching the parade, you got you got things done yep. in terms of yeah. your crowdfunding and that's, I think that's That's amazing. why maybe if you listen, maybe in one year time, you'll be listening to yourself and, and you <laughs> didn't know if, uh, you know, it was the, how it would be a year later. Maybe you'll be yeah, proud of, as well, of, very proud of your, of your podcast, but you can already or a DB. That's amazing. I'll follow you on all the, on uh, Spotify. All right. Thank you so much. And, and I think, yeah, um, before I wrap it up, maybe Laura, you can just let our listeners know where they can find you or what, um, Mm -hmm. or your future plans so they know what, what to look, look out for. Okay. So at the moment, um, people can order online. We are delivering seven days a week from 7am and our website is, um, uh, le petit croissant.sg mm. and uh, our future shop will be opening in October and the address will be 338 Changi Road mm. yeah ground floor right, yep, uh, right. so I'll share more on our social media yeah, yeah on, on Instagram we are under uh, le petit croissant Asia okay we'll Great. definitely um, tag you in the stories and posts and thank you we'll drag our friends to- along yeah, we'll we'll bring um, 
our last cat, our last co-host, Amiril. He will be the so, most excited. I think. Yeah, he'll be the yes. most excited. He was. He was very. <laughs> he was. He was very sad that that he couldn't join because he wanted. <laughs> he's like. He's like the. I've never seen someone so into bread and cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's and, fine. I'll yeah, meet it, him later. Yeah, it was. It was great talking to you. Yeah, great talking uh, to you thank guys. You for your I'll time. Send you everything. All right. All right. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Bye bye. Bye bye.